This week's episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by avgearguy.com. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan or videotapes or audio tapes or film rolls that you need to import into your computer, check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name of this podcast, when you order, you'll get 5% off and a portion of your order will go to help support the rant room. All these formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All of your memories could be stored safely on the cloud or on a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AVGearGuy.com has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media, digital and analog, and they can accept orders from anywhere in the United States. Don't forget to mention the Screenwriter's Rant Room and get 5% off your order. For more details, visit their website at avgearguy.com. I'm say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Rant Room Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? 2020. Yeah. A wacky year. This is a wacky year. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, <clears throat> but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So today, we finally got the, the group back. Look, we're putting the band back. The band, the band is back, back together. together. <laughs> in a minute. In a minute. Okay. I see the light. I see the sign, y'all. We blues, brothers. That's it, y'all. Um, anyway, of course, we got my girl, Lisa Bolakaja, in the house. What's up, Lisa? Lisa Colt Jam. Hey, just holding it down in San Diego, y'all. Holding it down. Awesome. We, had a little, we had a little bit of protest over in La Mesa, which is about 10 minutes from where I am. And, you know, at... You know, it's been relatively quiet. I mean, we have a, um, a small black population here. And since I was knee high to a grasshopper, I've always been involved in the activist communities down here. Mm-hmm. So now that I've come of age, I've become one of the elders now. So, <laughs> so as my as my as my one of my besties moms tells me, it's like, OK, now it's your turn to be at the front of the line, <laughs> hold it down for everybody else. So it's been, you know, relatively quiet, just kind of observing what's going on across, you know, United States and watching this morning, watching NASA. I think I tweeted on Twitter. It's like, it's kind of surreal. That's why I had to post up that 2001 Space Odyssey photo. Because <laughs> it's like, on one hand, I'm watching space and all the awesomeness of space, but then it's all the messed up, fucked up stuff still here on Earth. So right. I posted the picture of what's his name when he realizes that Hal has actually oh, Bowman. Bowman, messed yeah. up everything. Yeah, like he has, Hal has taken over the system. So it's kind of like that surreal moment of, oh, look. 
humans being at their best doing spacey cool stuff and then in the hand it's like oh man we ain't shit it's <laughs> <laughs> how it is how it is so it's been that type of morning and i think the last tweet i put up was basically how in the movies i think i put it on twitter it's like in the movies and sci-fi movies i watch it's like everything happens fast when they show up to the space dock they get off but it's like oh yeah the space nerd in me realizes oh it takes a lot of time because you got to make stuff is sealed up. You got to make sure protective suits are not leaking. You got to make sure stuff is lined up correctly. Because if you open that latch, it goes to hell. So it's kind of like that, that kind of like liminal space of fake space stuff and real life space stuff kind of meeting together in the middle. Because I'm sitting there like, man, I know they got to pee. Come on, hurry up and open the latch. Open the latch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, anyway so, that's been my morning. So for all you listeners listening to the show right now, um, um, we're recording this the night after, um, well, the week of, you know, the, the George Floyd, that's his name? George, George Floyd, yeah. Floyd, Breonna yeah. Taylor, list been, goes on and on. There's been a lot of shit going on this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me tell you this right quick and we'll get into the show. By the way, Tiana, this is why we're called the rant room because we go off on shit. So, um, so I left yesterday morning to go to my office, right? And then I was heading over to Pamela's house and we we're going to work on this new show we're building, right? So <clears throat> I leave out of here and I go to go get my Torino, which is over at my friend Don's house about a mile away, over at uh, Park La Brea, right? Mm-hmm. So I head over there and I go out of my, my um, driveway and I'm right across the street from the big park. Why don't, I never remember what that park is. Pan Pacific. Pan Pacific Park, yeah. I always call it the park. Uh, Pan Pacific Park, and it was like dozens of you know people with their mask on, you know, and the black you know Black Lives Matter. I was like, oh shit, like I didn't even know, right? So I'm heading over to Don's to drop off my my, my truck to get my car, and I'm seeing people walking like all the way there. I'm like, what the hell, you know? I head all the way down Third Street to La Brea, heading up toward the freeway, and there are people walking from La Brea all the way up. And guess what? 80% of them were white with their Black Lives Matter placards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like this is amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, cause that's the only ones that get on the other side of town. <laughs> they're like, oh, they're in West Hollywood. That's perfect, Okay, right? yes. West Hollywood's <laughs> like, they made it to West Hollywood? Yeah, that's safe. That's safe. Um, I- my trip. So we, 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 we did our work and then we watched the fights. Well, as you guys know, there was a... Um, there was a curfew, so you had to be back at home by 8 o'clock. So I didn't leave till 9, trying to give everybody a chance to walk their butts back out of town, right? So I head back. I'm in my Torino, right? I get up. I come over La Brea. I'm heading past Santa Monica Boulevard. I'm going to Melrose. And you start to see little fires all in little spots. You start to see trash all in the street on La Brea and Melrose, Right? I'm like, damn, they came all the way down here, right? So there's cars ahead of me that are stopping, and I'm sitting there remembering what happened, you know, during the riots. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to be out here in this car. <laughs> it's stuck out here. So I look, and I see a little pocket, and I zoom right around them, as there must have been about 30 kids running across the street. I just zoom right around them all. Gas it down La Brea and turn right before Beverly. I just said, fuck it, I'm making a left. Because I could see all the way down Beverly, just trash all in the streets, mm-hmm. all, in, all in the streets everywhere. So I, I, I go all the way down the Highland, take it all the way to Olympic, 
come all the way back down to Hauser and drop off the car. So I ended up staying at Don's house. I just slept there on the couch. Wow. You know? Yeah, so it was crazy. So I never made it back home until like 7 o'clock this morning. Wow. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I saw the pictures. I was like, they was in front of the WGA? Oh, my oh, Lord. Yeah. Right I was like, there. don't you, don't set those don't scripts on fire. No, don't you set those <laughs> scripts. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they get real far down on Melrose. They get real far, you know, you know, because like. That's uh, like a first. That's a first. I've never seen that. Oh, yeah. Uh, remember that, you know, that store called um, Melrose Mac? Yep. Oh, yeah. Looted. Totally. Looted. I mean, for every window store. For like an hour. For like mm-hmm. an hour, it was going on. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, wow, like, you know, like, that's like five minutes from my house. Yeah. I better get a gun because shit. These white people are crazy right now. Okay. Rooting shit. What the hell's wrong Tiana, with you? Tiana said she got her gun already. She ain't even worried about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, look, if she's, if she's in Arizona, she has, she's, she's at that concealed carry. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's up? Yep. I'll just bash you, you when you're yep. looking. Yeah. So y'all hear his voice. That's Chris Derrick in the house. How you doing, Chris? Otherwise, besides all this craziness going on, um, I'm good. I'm actually really good. I um, uh, I have I I I I made a breakthrough on the thing you know that you know you know like that you and I are working on. Right. I got the music back for the movie. Sounded really good. I don't, I'm not sure if you heard it yet or not. I have not because I didn't have my computer. Yeah, I couldn't. Computer, so I, that, could, um, yeah. I got approached by a director and a, and a big producer about uh-huh. two weeks ago to come up with a take for uh, a horror movie idea they had. Right, right. And I didn't really have time to think about it the last two weeks. And I was like, they think I'm just fucking with them because I ain't talked <laughs> to them in like two weeks. And I said I'd get back to them like in a couple of days. Right, right. Um, but I sent him something on Friday morning. I just, I, I did be kicking around a little bit. And I said, hey, what do you think about this is rough, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they both like hit back and they were like, we love it. We awesome. love it. You, you know, like, like, where's the one pager? I was right. like, well, you need to give me a little bit of time for that one. Yeah, because we're, Lisa, we're, we're in the writer's room now. Uh, yeah. Chris and I on this this uh, this show that we're doing, uh-huh. and um, so everybody's supposed to be turning in their um, their uh, story areas, which is basically a one pager, you know, or one or two pages, right? And um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, um, that's yeah, a- man. I, I have a lot. I'm a, I have a lot to do right now. I understand. Uh, I mean, I I finished the pilot. Um, I finished my essay last night about the police sirens thing I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, I've been to a lot of drafts, but I just finished it. I'm going to send it off to all these uh, publications this week. Um, just, uh, you know, and I'm, ha- I'm just happy the, the movie's done. And, and then I had an interesting call. My friend, uh, I can't say where he works, but he works at a, you know, at one of the major studios. He works mm-hmm. in their like digital department. We, talking, we were talking about, you know, like uh, how they see the film business, you know, mm-hmm. like how they see the theatrical business. And what he was saying was what they might be doing is they might be putting out certain movies for like three dollars or for free, just in time really? to come back to the theater. Because the thing that, like, I didn't realize this when I was thinking about it, but he made perfect sense. 
so many of the deals that they have to like, well, this is like we sell this to Amazon or sell it to Netflix, you know, whatever it is, right. it's based upon the box office performance. Right. So if it's done really, really well, then they get more money for it. But but if there's no box office, you know, like metrics for them to 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 gauge off of, right? Then they don't know like the true like value of the films that they've made. You know, he said the one thing that's gonna suck is like, uh, you know, if things get okay, you know, well, this time next year there'll be just glut of movies, right? Like, all this dope shit that just they're just hold like the stuff that's getting released for the next four to five months, six months is all kind of <laughs> like their bottom feeder stuff. They're going to hold off on on everything really dope right. until people can actually come to the theater, you know? Right. So it's, it's interesting. It's, interesting yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting time, So you know, which actually gives us a good segue into the show. <laughs> so if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get on in. So today we got my girl Tiana Jackson in the, on the show. What's up, girl? How you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. We're glad to have you on the show. We usually do these shows in person, but as we know, with this Rona going on, here we are on Skype, you know, trying to get it in. But, you know, we're glad to have you. And um, so thank you. Thank you. Um, for everybody who doesn't know, Tiana is one of the few uh, uh, black um, franchise agencies out there, um, out there doing big things. We're really, really excited to have her on the show to talk to you guys about what she's doing. Um, she's making waves. She's been getting a lot of press. You know, there's a lot of good a lot stuff. Of press. Yeah. So, um, what's up, girl? Thank you. And um, let's let's go ahead and get in. Tell the kids where you're from, how you got into the game. All right. Well, first off, thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Um, I hail from Phoenix, Arizona, born and raised. My family has been rooted in Arizona since the late 1800s. Well, so we've been here before it became a state. So when I tell people I know the history of the great state of Arizona, I know the history of the great state of Arizona. <laughs> Not all of it is pretty. Right, um, right. <laughs> I, um, I'm a graduate of Chapman University and as well as UCLA. Um, I did go to an HBCU my freshman year. I went to Jackson State University. I was a Division One basketball player. So that okay. took me out there to Mississippi. Um, and uh, basically after, you know, years and years, a decade, if you will, of a barrier to entry into various entry-level positions in Hollywood, I opened up a talent agency. Mm. Was there, what, what was, uh, what was drawing you to that? Was it, did you always kind of have an eye for talent? Like what was, what was that about? Yeah, I spent my tweens studying the entertainment industry, watching shows, reading scripts. Um, I had started writing some shows when I was in uh, high school. Okay. And so I was always drawn to it in some way. Um, I tried to pursue it post college, but I needed steady income. That's a hustle that just doesn't work for me. Right. So I went that path. My best friend went the other path. He was working as a PA and, and doing stuff. Um, but along the way, he would always ask me to be his agent. And right. I kept saying, no, no, I don't, I don't want to, you know, go to law school, yada, yada, yada. That was the only thing I'd understood, you know, an agent to be at the time. Right. Um, and so I ended up joining the military when the economy collapsed in 2009. Mm -hmm. And when I got out and got back, I decided that I was going to go do what I love. And so when I came back, I went to UCLA in my early 30s, and I was producing my own short projects. Um, I had a small office in Van Nuys where I could just do whatever. I would do music videos, uh, TV shows. Um, we had started a web series, just anything, anything creative. And I was casting for these projects and meeting all of these actors who were talented, but were saying the same thing that my best friend and I had encountered back when we were filming on film back in the 2000s. Right. That, hey, 
can't seem to find an agent. Um, and so at that point, it was kind of a put up or shut up. You know, if you want something done, you're going to have to do it yourself. Right. So the Jackson Agency was born in 2014. Love that. Love that. Um, so how did you end up back in, in, in Phoenix and, and, and able to maneuver your way to Atlanta and, you know, back, back and forth to LA and how did all that happen for you? Yeah. So I lived in LA for about 20 years. Um, I would say probably we're going into maybe the second year, about two years ago, the day after Thanksgiving, my father informed me that he had stage one, stage two prostate cancer. Okay. So I was still living in California at the time. Um, so once the lease was up on a rental house I had out there, I went ahead and moved back home. So I've been back home for a year now. Okay. Um, thankfully he's in remission, but Mm -hmm. also what I do is internet based so I can be anywhere in the world. Right. Um, when it came to the expansion into Atlanta, it was kind of a no brainer. You know, Hollywood had migrated over there for production. Um, the market wasn't as oversaturated as Los Angeles was. Mm -hmm. And now I'm also finding out that you know, I'm the, at this point, I'm the only WGA franchise that's set up in Georgia as well. I went to Georgia the only um, one. In, wow. in the fall. Yeah. I went to Georgia in the fall and I met some writers there mm-hmm. and we sat down for hours and talked and they said, they all kept saying the same thing. They said, there's no writer's room here. I have to make a choice on whether or not to move to New York or move to Los Angeles. Right. Um, so even though it's a multi-billion dollar industry over there, we're still having the same barriers, the entry that we're having in LA and New York. Um, so for me, it was a no brainer. I'm, you know, I'm basically a social justice oriented agency. So me saying, Hey, we're here for you. Let us be, you know, that champion for you. I had no problem with doing that in Georgia as well. Well, that, I mean, how, look, wait, 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 before, before you go, Chris, <laughs> I want to get this out. How, something you just said, like, how do people react to you when you say you're like a social justice, you know, really that assertive about it, upfront about it? How's the, how have people um, react to you? My current clients love it. And I'm sure there are a lot of folks who hate it. Oh, well. <laughs> well, yeah, but see, see, I mean, look, you know, like I always find that to be um, a smart way to play because if you can find what you can, you know, like that's your anthem that, that you run with. And there are going to be people who, there are, there are, there are going to be people who love it and they're, you know, and not just your clients and, and, you know, who, who are going to find that, you know, like this, this like, you know, like breath of fresh air. And I feel like a lot of people don't approach it that way where they need to have that kind of like, you know, this, you know, like I said, like an anthem, it's like, that's, you know, that's what I do. Like, that's the, that's my, that's my theme, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I remember that time, remember the time here when we were at the Writers Guild and that woman mm-hmm. came from, um, from Lena's company, she was like, well, what we do is protest art, right. you know? And, 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 and I was like, oh, so now I know exactly what type of work you are going to respond to. I just, right. you know, I just can't see new concept that, that, that maybe you're doing. You know, because it, but it's it's it, it it helps you understand exactly what you know she's doing, and obviously the same thing that you're doing, Tiana, is that like okay, wow, like I, if that's something that is important to me as the the content creator, well then I need to talk to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. What was I, I going to ask you? Oh yeah, before I get interrupted by Lisa, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, now I'm trying to forget. Uh, oh, oh, 
so you, so this interesting thing you said about these writers who are trying to decide if they need to go to, you know, uh, or in Georgia, if, if they're going to fly to L.A. or fly to New York to be in their writer's room. I think it's interesting because particularly now, you know, I think things are going to be a lot more flexible with where you could be to be to be in the room. If there's going to be Zoom rooms longer, like if people are more comfortable like with that. Right. Um, so, but that, it's, I mean, look, I've always felt that that would, it, that's a, a an issue. I, I think for most places, see, the thing that's interesting about Georgia is there's so much production going on down there. And there's, there's, and because of that, you have the opportunity to meet people. And I think that, you know, the, the, and the, really the biggest draw about living in L.A. or New York pretty, is that, you know, when you're not on your project per se, you can randomly meet people, you know? I mean, I, I mean, think there's, I think there's one minor issue, which is I wonder um, if this is kind of what you went against, um, Tiana, is <clears throat> like I'm thinking about, like I moved from San Francisco to LA, you know, as an actor, right? And what I found was I was getting some fun roles on TV shows or, you know, doing tons of commercials, but every time I could have been a lead in like the guest starring role or something and that I was perfect for, they'd bring in an actor from LA to play the guest star, you know? So I'm sure that people in Atlanta are having the same problem, you know, as actors and as writers. So whereas they're, they're already, they're, they're staffing all the writers here in LA or maybe New York, for example, and then they only go to Atlanta when they go to produce their episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they, so a lot of the writers are feeling like they have to come here. But I agree with Chris that with the right um, um, reps, the right agents and managers and get them the right meetings, they probably can stay, in, stay at home now, you know, for, for at least a little while. Um, those of us who have been in rooms know that it's very difficult to not experience the actual room when you're not in the room. You know, like us sitting here talking, this is great. But if we were all together, we could high five, we could talk, we could we could bump. You know what I mean? We could do a lot more. The energy could be ten times more. You know, I think that's what's missing the most is the the actual energy of the room. So I feel I feel a little bad for a lot of the writers who are getting staffed now who haven't experienced the actual room. You know what I mean? So that make any sense? Tiana? It, makes, it makes sense to me. Yeah, just for me, I think there's just different layers to it, um, you know, than the more traditional route. I work in a very untraditional route. And so mm -hmm. we're dealing with like when we're talking about the root of this, you have to understand that Cinco de Mayo 2013 I did the big chop on my hair. I right. went natural. Right. I was working for a white-owned prop company who had won an Oscar for a movie. And really? I was harassed for four days straight for having natural hair. Really? So you're dealing with someone who, you know, not only is a direct descendant of someone from the civil rights era. My father was born in 1940. So mm -hmm. I'm, you know, his daughter. I'm not, he's not my grandfather. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I'm someone who has heard the stories of, my father serving overseas and, you know, being called the N-word, mm -hmm. coming back after spending six years in the Army, and he had an unpaid parking ticket, and the judge told him, I don't care where you've been, $50 or five days in jail. Mm -hmm. Literally had his discharge paper in his hand. So I have a completely different outlook, and then having served myself, completely different outlook. Right. Being at different jobs, completely different outlook. 
So when I'm, and then things that I've done as an agent where I've, I've gone undercover and done some things and figured some things out. It's bad. <laughs> it's discrimination. You know what I'm saying? They're blatantly doing it. They're admitting it. I love it. it you know? I love it. Yeah. So yeah. for me, it's a completely different animal. So it's not so much the, oh, well, they're in Georgia and they need to be in the writer's room. It's more so, oh, they're black. Who cares? They're not in the major market. Right, right. And so oh, right. I exist right. to combat that specifically to let okay. them know that, hey, I'm willing to be your representative when other folks said that they wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Because there still is a barrier to entry, as you guys know. Right. Well, you know? for sure. I mean, for sure. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, like, I'm not trying to say that, um, I mean, yeah, like, that's what I was, try- I was, I was, I was trying to get at. I kind of feel like, I, I feel like if, you know, if you're not in L.A., then there's other ways to be successful. But even if you are in LA, there's, yeah, there's things that are going to prevent you from being, you know, like in the right place or things like that. I mean, well, I mean, well, the thing, like you say, with getting harassed, like that shit, that shit happens. It's fucked up. And it's, and, 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 and it's kind of like no one is talking about how that affects someone's career. You know, and in terms of like, and and the thing is that that you need an advocate, so it's not coming out of it's not coming out of you know from you because you know things are always kind of perceived differently when they come from someone else, and so it's kind of great that that, that, that you're in that position to do that for people because right. you know if you know you have a lot more a, a different type of relationship and a different type of like leeway with what you can say to the hiring people than the actual like writer or the actor or something like that, you know? And it's, I mean, and to me, I look at the, the type of work that you're saying because of what you want to do with being a social justice advocate for people, uh, agent, you know, because the, you know, because despite, I heard someone say the other day, they were like, it's 20, someone on ABC when this shit was burning down, they were like, it's 2020. How are we still judging people on, you know, you know, like on the color of their skin? That's the white woman saying this. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and you know what I'm saying to myself? How can you even make that statement? How can you think that things have changed just because it's 2020? You know, it hasn't. Um, well, Trump, Trump just said the other day that there's no racism, <laughs> and they're like, I mean, come on. So anyway, I'm not going to jump in on him. Um, <laughs> uh, Tiana. So um, I really love what you're doing out there. And I think that this stuff is like super duper important. Um, and I loved, I loved the story that you were just telling us a moment ago about how like, you know, in was it 2013, 2009, whatever it was, you cut your hair off. I forget what the day was. <clears throat> and um, and I, was just, I was just scrolling back through your kit and looking at that, that photo of you in, in, the, in the tuxedo with your afro. Yes, the yes. Best photo. Yes. I love it. It tells yes. you a lot about you. Yes. You know, and it has a throwback look. It's in black and white. I mean, there's a lot of intention, right. you know, in that in that shot. What, what, when, did, when did you guys do that? And what was that for? Um, I believe I did that in maybe 2018. I forget, maybe 2017. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, with all the stuff I've been through with this agency, you know, what I'm saying I've I've had anonymous people call the agency and leave a voicemail calling me the N word. 
Yeah. I've had people come into my office and take a meeting with me and tell me that they wanted a white agent, not a black agent. Yet they had the time to waste my motherfucking time having the meeting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've just been through so much that I was just like, I'm about to do something that is so powerful. I cannot be denied. And that kind of formulated. <laughs> so. I love that. What, what made you finally decide to go ahead and get franchised with the Writers Guild? And what was that? Um, Can you talk about that experience? So that I only, I only say that because I'm aware you and I have talked before, um, but I'm just curious of how can we get more people to join? You know what I mean? So this, this is, this is some real shit, you know, that we've all experienced and all of us know this. So. Yeah. So I was basically the only way I can describe is blessed in 2019, February, black history month. I was Mm -hmm. in the New York times with um agents from the bigger the big four and i was the only boutique in there so i'm just this little person that's like i fight every day to make 50 bucks which is true you know and after that literally every writer on the planet descended upon my telephone line and my inbox <laughs> and so a phone that normally doesn't ring other than for actors. Now mm-hmm. I've got writers calling me like, Hey, I saw the article, like be my agent. I'm looking for an agent, right. blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, we represent actors <laughs> and writers are very aggressive and they wouldn't take no. They will just read the script anyway. And I'm like, that's not how this works. Stop playing on my phone. Click. Right. So six months of that happened. Uh-huh. Um, and then also, during that time, I had gone to Georgia mm. and I almost feel like I found, yeah, in fact, I did. I found out I got the franchise the day I landed in Georgia to take meetings. Mm. Um, so I, on a whim, I just said, you know what, there's a, pro-. well, first what happened was is that they were calling me and then Jaya had teamed up with the Committee of Black Writers and you guys had released the stats. So Jaya Thomas, the right. representation they had released the stats on how I believe over 50% of the members were without agents. And I don't yeah. think it had anything to do with the current big four versus WGA thing. It was just yeah. in general, it was in general. No one was able yes. to get representation. And yeah. honestly, that stuff just boils my blood because I've said this over and over again, that this diversity and inclusion mandate they've put out here is just bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. It's they just say bullshit. it, right. it, you know, I've dealt with DNI people at every different studio mm-hmm. it's not real. It's an illusion. Um, so I had to figure out, okay, what resources do I have available to me that will allow me to assist these writers? Okay, well, great. You went to UCLA for screenwriting, so you already understand story structure. You know how to read a script. You know what to look for. Perfect. But the question became is, do we want to deal with the added workload? Because now you're taking a workload for me that exists in LA, the Southwest, the Southeast, New York, and then the kid I have in the UK on the acting Mm -hmm. And now we're opening up literary representation to masses. Mm -hmm. I had to sacrifice what I call the greater good because I understand packaging. I know why it's so lucrative. It makes sense when things are just handed to you with a bow and and you Mm -hmm. just $3 million, please, and everything's already taken care of. It makes sense. (laughs) Okay, how are we really going to do this if I can't package? You know studios want it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's you know, when you keep giving the kid the candy, they're going to demand it after a while, right? So we had to try to figure out, okay, how can I really serve these writers of color, but still, you know, make deals happen? Um, 
And so part of that also involved me expanding into Atlanta because after, after I found out, when I did my application, I just put LA. I did not put all four of my offices on there because I was like, okay. no, I'm just going to I'm done. And I talked to the writers in Georgia and they said the same thing. And I said, all right, cool. I hit up the WG. I said, can you add my Georgia office on there? And they said, oh, we didn't know you had a Georgia office. Yeah, I have offices everywhere. And, that was and smart. I, that was smart. I like that. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Problem is, is that in Georgia, from my experience, every person on the planet has some sort of writer's club. Mm-hmm. So you really haven't found unity in coming together. So when you're reaching out, you know, there might be 50 different writers groups there. And I'm only, I only know of maybe two or three, right. you know, and so then try to get access to them. You're also dealing with black folks, right? call meeting with a group in georgia mm-hmm. and i'm a very honest straightforward person i'm not your typical agent like i just just tell me the truth and i can figure out how to do things i'm a fixer i'm very resourceful oh. like that and so i approach them i say hey i literally made you know this franchise for you guys i want to be able to give you los angeles based representation to help get your voices heard right they came back and acted as if I needed them more than they needed me and said, well, why should we give you access to our elite people? And I just said, you know what? Never mind. You know, like, cause yeah. at that point it's like, no, I've seen your script. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get representation from anyone else anyway. <laughs> so what are we doing here? We're wasting our time. Uh, I told you who I was, I told you what I was all about, but then you guys try to come back and play whatever little angle it is that you guys thought you should play with the, oh, well, she's coming to us, so let's, you know, make it seem like there's more going on than there needs to be. You don't have to do that with me. I'm not like that. So I didn't appreciate that. So I don't work with them. I work with another outfit that actually teaches them how to properly create their decks, teaches them how to properly format their scripts. They're actually trying to help these writers down there. Because when we're talking about barriers to entry, I'm, me as a human being and understanding how this works and propaganda and all these things, because that's my degree at Chapman, that's all I studied was, you know, Marshall McLuhan, the medium is a message, blah, 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 right? Interpersonal communication, intercultural. You're, you're entering into a system that was deliberately designed to keep black voices out of it, right? right? How many significant, you know, Oscar-winning dramas about our culture, our history, our experiences have been written by white men? Yeah, Most Damn, they're them. all of them. <laughs> yeah. So then, so like what really set me off was when I saw that deadline article about um, CAA getting out in front of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, uh, we're happy to announce that all of our writers are staffed. Uh, we have no more writers of color. <laughs> they don't exist. We don't have any more. We, we staffed them all. And so we right. created Amplify as a database to show you. And so I get on the database mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, I see one person that I semi know. Right. So then I hit them back up and I say, well, hey, how can I get my writers on this database? And they respond and they say, um, in order to get in the database, that writer has to have one bona fide credit. Well, there's a barrier to entry. Yep. You created a system where you wouldn't sign black or Latino or Asian writers or Native Americans yep. this entire time. And now you've created this database and done this massive press release and we still have a barrier to entry. Why haven't you created some sort of pipeline to undo the damage that you've done? No, instead you want to come out here and lie to everyone and say, we have no more writers of color. We place them all. Right. 
You know, it's funny. I'm glad you keep your thought because this, this is a great conversation. Um, it reminds me of, <clears throat> I've been saying this for years, like one of the hardest jobs to get at the big agencies, the UTAs and the CAAs and all of them is to get, you know, on a desk, right? And to be an assistant. And even they have the barrier that you have to have like a BA. You know, for what? What do you need a BA to be you know, on it's, somebody's it's, it's not even that. Look, no look there's, there's people who have MBAs and, and JDs who are, or, who are assistants working at desks or, 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 or working in the mailroom. Right, that's because you have to, but you shouldn't have to is my whole point. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you should. I mean, you shouldn't, but they look at it like, well, that's the bar. But the thing is, is is that to be an assistant is a skill set that just, you know, that you might not have just just because you have a BA, you know? You Mm -hmm. might not have it. And someone who, who has no BA, you know, can have it in spades. So it means you're right, Tiana. It's, it's it, yeah. There, there's a, a the barriers of entry for everything in entertainment has um, they're very high, and they're high because people know that those who create success, popular entertainment, you know, or or I'm gonna take it back, or entertainment that becomes popular. Mm-hmm. Is shaping the culture, and those who hold the keys to the culture don't want to shape, you know, like in a way that they can't control. So that's why they keep out black voices, because it's like, hey, if we had control of our narrative, you know, then cops wouldn't fucking treat us the way they do, and shit like that, you know, because it's, it's you just because you you see that. I mean, I was telling someone the other day, I was, I was kind of like. There's so much ignorance of people about of, of, there's so much ignorance of, about black people by um, by people who you know by, by people of color who aren't who aren't who aren't black because their only experience with us is from is from movies and television yeah and and in movies and television where are we regulated you know criminals drug dealers deadbeats you know janitors if you know if we have a job you know I mean, it's just i mean like historically you know so i mean it's 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 uh yeah yeah i mean you know those are the things that have to be changed by doing work outside of the hollywood system it's like it's like it's like, it's like, it's like it's designed to keep out black voices it just is and well, which is why which is why i like what what tiana's doing right now yeah you know that and, and you're proving a point, Tiana, that if you can come from Phoenix, you know, and 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 get all of this press on yourself, you know, and find your own way into becoming a a, a legit, you know, Writers Guild agent for writers, and there are dozens of agents here in LA who haven't even taken the moment or a time to do it at all. You know what I mean? We see you. I'm just letting you know, you know what I mean? And people are already talking about you. You know, people are asking me about you, you know? So it's becoming a thing, which is a good thing, you know? All you need is one person to blow up, one. And speaking of everything, everyone talking about you, Tiana, can you tell us what you're looking for in terms of the talent that you are are looking to sign? 
Um, the best way I can describe it is, is someone who is phenomenally talented and has been rejected by the other agencies. Mm. We're putting together an IP slate of what I consider to be the best of the best in the unknown unsigned writers. All of the writers that I have signed have won contests. They've placed in nickels. Their right. scripts have gotten no less than an eight on blacklist. Um, one of them is currently staffed. These guys are the cream of the crop in unsigned writers that thankfully I was able to find. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we've been very fair. I will say that. I racked my brain a lot about the process, um, did a lot of um, what I want to say, little fireside chats with writers to figure out, okay, we know that we have to come like four times better than any other white-owned agency when we come, right? right. We just know right. we're black, right? Right, right, right. But I understand what has been done by the others to prevent writers of color from entering into this career, but mm-hmm. also from even understanding how the business works to even how to properly format a script. Let's face it, the digital age just kind of fucked everything up in terms of structure and norms mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. So a lot of these youngsters that are writing these scripts are turning stuff in that is just not professional. That doesn't mean the story's not great. Mm-hmm. It just means that they haven't had the ability to be properly educated on uh, screenplay structure. Right. And if they're given that opportunity, I have no doubt that they will excel in it. So I wanted to make sure that when I came, we came correct with writers who were, you know, the best of the best in the, in the unsigned world. And we did that. But then I also wanted to make sure we had a space behind the scenes where we said, hey, we evaluated your script. It, it needs some work, but we really enjoy, enjoyed this premise. We're going to set you up with a consultant who can get you on the right track. And then when this is cleaned up, come see us. We're interested. Right. right. And so part of what slows down my process is, is we've received uh, probably at this point over 200 scripts. Wow. We have done coverage on, unless someone came in my inbox just talking crazy, we <laughs> have extended an invitation for them to turn in their script and receive our internal review of coverage. And we've done that for dozens upon dozens of scripts. It is time consuming. Oh, yeah. It is frustrating. We, we've all got coverage, mm-hmm. trust me. Mm-hmm. But that's something that, you know, I wanted to stay true to because I understand what's at stake here. Mm-hmm. When I first did this, when I did the WGA thing, I was like, all right, I'm gonna sacrifice the greater good and, you know, fight the power and keep doing what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. But then when it started coming back to me of like, hey T, we don't, we don't know anybody else who owns their own agency 100% outright. That is a WJ yeah. franchise, yeah. right? And then it's like, uh, there is no WJ franchise in Georgia. Okay, my whole outlook had to change. I couldn't just be out here being this radical, militant, black excellence rooted person doing what I'm doing. <laughs> right. I now had to take some social responsibility and say, okay, I need to have this visibility so that young black boys and young black girls now understand that they can be agents. Right. And so with that, it creates some sacrifices in some places. And so that's where the WGA came into play because I knew that there were going to be certain things that I wasn't going to be able to do that would um, create a scenario where we weren't as competitively, competitively advantaged in terms of the way the big four are with packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went ahead and sacrificed that because what was at stake was representation. And we know that representation matters. So I had to pick and choose my battles, you know, in that front. Right. That makes a ton of sense. It's interesting you say to me that the scripts are not. Um, it's the thing that, that it, it kind of bothers me 
about the, the formatting of scripts and the story structure. It's like that information is so available right now for free on the internet. Like everything sure. is free. Yeah. And I just feel, you know, I mean, like, I'm, like someone sent me a script the other day and, and I was like, you didn't format this right. <laughs> I just like the, 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 the I, I look at it, I'm, I'm like, dialogue margins are, are too long, blah, blah, blah. I'm kind of saying to myself, you can't spend the forty dollars to buy, you know, final, well, not final draft, but to buy fade in or or buy yeah. island, and then it's all done for you. The format book, something. You know, I mean, even if you're too lazy to do that, then it's just the the, the, the programs do it for you. In terms of like story structure, there's so much of that online. It's not even funny, um, but. I mean, like, I, 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 to me, I have such like limited patience for people who won't do the, who won't do the research on their own to be like a really good writer. Because you know, there's, I mean, there's so many workshops you can take, you know, that might be difficult to get in. But if you, you know, like, like the Clarion thing that Lisa did, like that, you have to be at a certain point. But once you get in, they're gonna teach you a lot of shit. Right. But 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 to get there, there's so much that is at your fingertips to accelerate how fast you can control your career. And I think that, that that's the one thing that people really need just to think about uh, so much is you can control so much about your life. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> you know, you should be able to think about it. Some, something's being done. This It's been talked about to the point because there's someone – so high up in the game that they don't care about sharing their knowledge about what's going on and that people can learn these things and just and and just accelerate what they're doing faster i mean it's, I, I think it's one of the things too about not being in la that you know that potentially like could have been a crutch you know in terms of like the stuff that you can learn about writing but i think that now like now it's it, and not with the internet, I agree. Not with the internet, it shouldn't be a crush. I mean, you, I mean, there's you know, there's all, there's so many. You, I mean, like, if you don't like to read, there's guys on YouTube who talk who talk it through you, you yep. know, who, who analyze screenplays, break them down. I mean, there's that guy. Uh, I mean, like he, he wanted to be a writer. He's a he's a, and he, but he you know whatever it is he's not he he hasn't solved it. But he's got this great channel called um, Lessons from the Screenplay. It's on YouTube, and he's maybe 15, 20 minute clips. Or he he'll take a movie, and he'll explain like here's one point about this movie that people should know in terms of like the writing craft. That's that's independent of what the story's telling you. Just like you know, like here's here's a movie that that did the character introductions right. Here's a movie that did this kind of this kind of like exposition right. You know, um, it's it, I, 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 yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's lots of those. Hey, um. What's that? I can I can sort of semi defend the artist on it and then actually answer Lisa's question because <laughs> I don't think I did. Um, so you know I deal with actors as well, and along the way I, I too am of the same cloth. It's like you just go out there and you you Google it, right? You go learn, you go read. I went to my high school library and grabbed this ridiculously old you know like a uh, playwriting book and started right. that way. Right. Um, but when I ask these artists over and over again, they really just don't know. The thought of trying to figure this stuff out for themselves, unfortunately, is overwhelming to them. Yeah, that's true. And so 
when we even when we started receiving the script, I said, okay, you guys need to send me query letters. These cats are on Twitter talking about what's a query letter. And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) And so then I just said, fine, we made a template. And so now when they send an email, we send them the PDF template and we say, fill this out. In fact, now we just switched to a digital just, just to kill any problems. But we learned that we're going to have to dumb it down a bit here because these folks, they just don't understand. They're not business minded. That's the truth. These kids are not business minded. They're used to taking an idea, filming it for the gram and posting it. Mm-hmm. They don't know what a slug line is. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it, you have to pick and choose your battles with it. And I'm of the same cloth. Six years of this, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of my time being wasted. We're getting to that point where there are no more excuses. Right. You know, I've done YouTube videos teaching folks things. Mm-hmm. I've done interviews teaching folks things. I teach weekly on Instagram, doing lives, explaining everything about the business, how everything works. It is exhausting. Yeah. But Lisa, to answer your question, what we are currently looking for is all genres. Okay. Um, I've been fortunate enough to where I've been to some events and have networked a bit. And so we've made some great animation contacts. We've made some great uh, network studio level contacts. Okay. So we're in that position now where I can take anything. Okay. Um, so we're good. And we're working on the novel side for the authors as well right now simultaneously. Nice. Nice. What everybody has to understand is that I have to come with the writers more strategically. With the actors, it was just like, I believe in you, you believe in me, let's go, right? Teamwork. Right, but with the right. writers, we have to come at a certain level. They have to be the ones to open the doors for the newcomers. And so with right. the book, we're just going to focus on celebrities at first. Um, I had somebody reach out who was gracious enough and said, I've seen your story, like, I want to help you. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully we'll be able to branch out into that arena because I told them, I said, I don't know anything about publishing. You know, <laughs> so I'm going to need some help. You know, I'm mm-hmm. down to do it. Right. And so we'll do that. Once we have that framework, once everything has been established, it'll be that much easier to take unknown writer with something solid and say, we can get behind you and get this where it needs to go. That's the right. goal. But right. when we're talking about what it takes for someone like me doing what I'm doing, you know, a lot of the social justice, mm-hmm. it takes A-listers who see what's going on, right. making the conscious decision to lend a helping hand. That's right. 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 For right. sure. Right. 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 I think that's the truth. <clears throat> and that's, I mean, every, everybody I know who's super duper successful, that's what you see. You see them retweeting each other. You see them reposting each other. You see them, you know, uh, celebrating each other, you know, so that their group learns about their group. You know, if they post something, people share it. They don't just like it. They share it. They retweet it. You know what I mean? Those things I think are super duper important, you know, for sure. Um, what, let's, let's talk about your team. What is your, what does your team look like? How many other people you got over there? Is it just you? Like what's, what's going on? Um, last year it was me with 300 agents under me. They are now gone. It's just me. Wow. Um, and then I have an intern who's been here, wanted to help build the literary side. So I think pretty soon he's going to be a junior agent. So he and I will do the lit, but, um, I'm pretty good at being able to do lots of things at the same time. (laughs) So we just kind of chip away at everything and do what mm-hmm. we do. Nice. Okay. That makes sense. I was just curious of like, how are you going to maneuver that? <clears throat> um, but, but one of the things I like about you, um, I remember when we spoke um, a few weeks ago, um, you were, you were saying like, you, you've already been on this whole zoom Skype 
<laughs> you know, thing because you're out of town. So now everybody else is kind of catching up to what you're doing. So you've already had this, this whole system figured out, you know? Oh, well, I had this even when I lived in Sherman Oaks, you know, okay. like I was in LA for 20 years. I just right. left last year. <laughs> I had been virtual, you know, long before COVID. Okay. Um, and so what's interesting is that being virtual, lots of people who just aren't forward thinking, they don't understand that it's a waste of overhead. If everything you do is internet based, do you really need an office? Right. You know, like, why do I need to go spend money to keep up an appearance for your white comfort? It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I just, you know, that, I mean, that's, it is what it is. I said it. So... Because they, they just get so wild. Look, I've had to call the police to my office. I've had to carry my gun to my office. Like, I'm in a secure building now in Century City. Folks are crazy. Like, that's, uh, that's all I can tell you. I've been yeah. through a lot. Wait, 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 wait. We need to rule Chris, you're right. Like, oh, wow. Oh, 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 okay. Right now. Okay. Okay. What kind of gun is that? Is it a dive so, movie? And, and is many, it a Glock? Is it a Glock? Shit. <laughs> Hold on. For y'all who can't see, she just pulled out the weapon on y'all. Blood out. Real. He said, put it in there. That's some serious, that's some serious metal right there. Okay, now I really love you, see? I'm just, it's very, I mean, look, I'm joking because that's the only way that you can address certain kind of pain. It's kind of like, you have to carry a gun as a talent and literary agent. No, she lives in Phoenix. She has to carry a gun. <laughs> no, I had to carry. No, I don't have to carry a gun here. White I'm being folks funny. really. I'm being funny. Crazy here. You're going to Scottsdale. That's why you don't understand. They live in a floodplain and they're racist as hell over there. I live on the south side of Phoenix. Ain't nobody messing with me. <laughs> not because it's the south side of like black. Because I'm super yeah. far away from civilization. There's horses. Like I live near a like farm. <laughs> so yeah. you know I don't have to deal with that. But I actually had to carry it in L.A. I had to carry it in L.A. Wow. Um, I can't conceal carry there, but it you can transport. Right. Um, my dad at the time <laughs> spoken with Sheriff Lee Baca, who now you know has his own issues. But he told he said you can transport. You don't have to do the whole bullets in the trunk and the gun and the glove box bullshit. You can put it in a lockbox and transport unloaded, no problem. And to be on the safe side, even though we already know the cops do not follow the letter of the law, we printed out the code that says this is what you're allowed to do. And it stays in the lockbox with my firearm as I travel. So Smart. Um, you have to understand that, you know, I am, I'm five nine, but I'm not a man. So <laughs> I got to have an equalizer. Right? Right. right. Okay. And so I have had some instances with some male who came to my office being violent behind oh. the inability to obtain the talent representation. And we'll leave it wow. at that. Okay, that's a movie. Okay, <laughs> that's crazy. My agent is strapped. I don't know what your agent doing. <laughs> I bet my agent whip your agent. Okay. Out. She got a speed loader. She got a speed loader. She got extra clips. Okay, put people down. I know somebody better buy this script. Okay. It's gonna be a new series. Okay. Agents first agents. Look, okay. they're gonna be. <laughs> Man, I didn't know it was like that. Okay. I mean, it's crazy, yeah. but I just, you know, I, I mean, look, if you, so so I'm assuming that's an a actor who's, who's behaving on that level. Um, I mean, I, I it could hope be anybody, a writer. actually. I, I, when that was, happened, it was 2015. It was when I became a SAG after franchise. All the crazies came out of the woodworks. After six weeks of that bullshit, I gave the franchise right back and I said, I'm out. 
Wow. I didn't have that problem for a year and a half prior. I did not have that problem. Something about that franchise being the new franchise, he brought out the crazies. So he did this stuff with the WGA. I already knew what to expect. But the good thing is, is I'm internet-based and my office in Century City, you cannot get upstairs without being on the list for security. So I was adamant about that. Mm -hmm. um, we even had an instance where I guess somebody snuck up there while I wasn't there and was able to get a headshot dropped off on my desk. And I had to explain <laughs> to my reception team, like, no, do not let them up here. You have no idea. And now nobody can get in. They'll be calling and be like, so-and-so says they're here to meet you. I, said, I don't know who that is. That's somebody trying to do a drop-off. Don't let them up. You know, because I just don't want to take that chance. Like, you don't understand. It's one thing. And this would be, you know, this was after I was in the military. Military is a whole different animal. You're indoctrinated to just, you know, kill, right? Right. Kill, right? But, <laughs> literally, seriously, where you sit down, okay, to eat. Right. But... It's different when you're faced with having to make a split second decision on whether or not you are going to take a life. Right. Mm -hmm. Words cannot describe to you the panic in my voice as I'm standing in the conference room of my office. I used to have an office in Northridge mm -hmm. and someone is trying to get into my office, even though I've told them to leave. Right. And I'm standing there shaking because I do not want to have to kill this man if he busts right. through this door. Right. So, you know, extra clips aside, it's not <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yes. like, black folks, we do a lot of humor to hide trauma and pain. That's yes. us, right? That's right. our coping mechanism. Right. And sometimes it can be to our detriment. Right. right. But, you know, it all that glitters just hasn't been gold for me, you know, <laughs> with trying to be a talent agent. Stuff that I never would have thought would happen has happened. It's the weirdest thing. I think Keanu, I have a feeling. Go ahead, Lisa. Go ahead. I'm just going to ask, like, besides all that, that, that bad part of it, what, what is the best part of your job that you love that makes you stick with this, that really wants you to focus on making it happen? What, what's that thing that just motivates you to keep going? Um, there's a couple of things. Um, it's taking, you know, the hopes and dreams of some other person that's entrusted you to make this happen for them and making it happen. You know, getting that ego boost of, hey, we just booked a co-star on Westworld, right? One of my clients was on Westworld a few weeks ago at a co-star. Right. We beat out how many other agencies for that? Right. You know, and so it's small victories in certain right. places. It's like, yeah, I wish we were booking more. But at the same time, it's like, oh, hey, guess what? The black agency is here today, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's that. And I mean, it's just like, one, my clients, one, they're absolutely amazing. Um, they understand what's going on. They've made a conscious decision to work with me when they don't have to. You know what I'm saying? You guys have a choice when it comes to who you want to fuck with, right? Yep. But these guys have stood by me just like, yeah, we're with you no matter what. Like mm -hmm. even yesterday, I posted in the group. I said, listen, if you're a Trump supporter, get the fuck out. <laughs> like we really had that conversation. And I had that conversation yes. before, a few years yes. ago. And I had some supremacists off of my agency. I said, you know what? I know what I am. I said, I'm an extremely hard worker. I basically work for free because y'all ain't booking shit. So I'm not getting paid. <laughs> but you're not about to reap success off of my back, but you're over here having a problem with Cap kneeling. That's kind right. of right. get right. the fuck out. Right. You're unprofessional. Right. I'm leaving. Great. Fuck you. Yeah, okay. right. So that's right. the of like, right. no, we're coming in here and taking advantage of all this hard work that we're doing, right? And basically, secretly calling me a nigger, right? Right. When right. you go to bed, it's not right. going to happen, right? And so here we are going through this again, two, three years later. Like, listen, if you're in alignment with this dude, this is not the agency for you. We are not about that life over here, mm. right? 
I love it. Yes. Set the precedent. Okay. <laughs> and more people should do that, but they don't. <laughs> no, they don't because nobody wants to fuck their money up. That's right. what it. That's what it comes down to. That's yeah. Money because y'all can't fuck my money up. Right. <laughs> hey, Tiana. So you were you were starting to tell us earlier what you like when right. you, when you look at a script. <laughs> no, we you know yeah. we jump around. Don't worry about it, girl. Yeah, I don't know. We when you look at a script, what do you? What we'll get you excited. You, yeah, we we'll get you excited. For me, oh, man. it's when I'm moved by something. That could be laughter, fear, you know, drama, whatever. Like, what's what's the thing that grabs you when you read a script? Um, there's a lot of different things. A lot of it too is the writer, mm-hmm. their personality, their tenacity. Like first and foremost, mm-hmm. that's like number one for me. Um. But there are certain things that come across. I wish I could articulate. There are certain things that have come across my desk where I'm just like, yes. Um, like, for instance, we just signed a, a woman who created a completely girl-led diversity and inclusion, inclusion initiative-based uh, mm-hmm. theme, which is science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics-based animation series. Wow. And it has a one little girl of every ethnicity Aaliyah wears a hijab and she's an architect and I love it. And it's called the Charmsters and it's designed to get girls in STEM, right? To get them involved in science, nice. technology, engineering, and this math. Is, this is you, and Lisa. So, yes. <laughs> and so when I saw it, she sent me, you know, she sent me a bunch of materials and she made the little sizzle for it. And when I saw it, I was like, yes, please, 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 please. This is exactly what I'm about. This is diversity and inclusion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is the type of content that we want to be responsible for making sure hits the airwaves. Right. It can be stuff right. like that. Right. Now, we have a couple of period pieces. Um, I have one, one script that you're just going to love the premise. The premise is um, it's a post-apocalyptic earth where the sun burns too hot. So white folks are forced to go back <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> but, but... <laughs> they decided to start kidnapping our black babies and harvesting their skin so they can wear it so they can go back outside. It's called Children of the Sun. Wow. It's available. Buy it, please. You're going to love the script. It's got an eight of blacklist. It is a thriller horror with clearly woke undertones, and I absolutely fucking love it. Wow. <laughs> <It's great. laughs> Jordan Peele would love that shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, if somebody can, can give me the introduction email, like, I will be so okay. appreciative. <laughs> I'm going to get on that for you. you know, I'm going to get on that for you. So, Watch. I'm gonna get for you. Those are, you know, the, the, the shade amongst the current events, you know, with the diversity and inclusion, that's what excites me. And then we have period pieces where... Um, William has written the story of Booker and Olivia, who were the first black couple to create the first black school. So we have those historical pieces as well that really show that plight and that struggle. So I guess really at the end of the day, I'm looking for things that um, are written by people of color that showcase experiences, cultural experiences, Mm -hmm. right? And if we're, if we're talking about our history and our experiences, we're also doing other things to create educational, educational content that shows folks that we can work together. We can be friends. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, hijab, no hijab, whatever. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. That inclusion, you know, matters to me. But I'm also going to say on the flip side, I'm not averse to burning everything the fuck down. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of these people that's like, we just need to love each other and everything's great. No, burn right. that shit down. But hey... I this show is great for the kids. 
but right. they can grow up okay and better than me. See? Right, right, right. Good. So you got a dark side too. I love it. That's good. <laughs> Burning shit down. Where's your torch at? I, I don't see it. <laughs> she got our heater right with her. What you talking about? Okay. Well, well, I mean, she, 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 she don't need the torch. She got the gun. She, okay. Put a, put a cap in someone real quick. Yeah. Um, I, it, go ahead, Lisa. I was going to say, it sounds like you have a lot of good stuff on your plate. You know? We were um, very patient. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't sign anybody until February. And it was mm-hmm. very important to me that the first writer that I signed was black. Like that was mandatory. Right. Um, so we've been very patient with that process. We just signed six other people of all different ethnicities. I think about going on three weeks ago now. So nice. we've been very patient and very slow with this process um, mm-hmm. because we're looking for the best of the best. Right. Right. Uh, by the way, I don't mean to put you on the spot at all. Um, but uh, one of the, one of the, Few people I sent you was Lisa, by the way, Tiana. Okay. You got a reader. Okay. She's one of, she's one of the most, one of the best un, undiscovered people in LA. You will love her. She's flawless. I'm trying to be incognito over here. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, before I can second uh, that. Since, uh, since. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Oh, Go ahead, Lisa. <laughs> Hey, I was going to say, Tiana, I mean, I was thinking about you being born and raised in, 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 in Arizona and stuff like that. And I'm just curious in terms of content, since it's all genres, um, and, and, and among my writer friends and stuff, we've been talking about of like black westerns, not necessarily historicals, but contemporaries, too. Um, I'm just curious to know, I mean, it's all genres and stuff like that, but is there anything that's, you know, that would excite you about a black Western or a series or something that takes place there that, especially with all the, the black history that's coming out, especially today being the anniversary of black wall street, I think it's the 99th year anniversary of all of that. But it's like, I'm just curious. I know it's all genres and stuff like that and historicals and a lot of the bios that are coming out. Um, would that be something that I can pass on to folks like, hey, if they have some projects, because in my circle, we're, we're really into like the Black West and not just the old historics, but the contemporary Black Cowboys. Okay, yeah. So my dad is big on, I believe it's Erston Caldwell, um, and he loved the story of Bass Reeves. Ah, uh, yes! I'm, I'm doing that show right now. Uh, okay. I'm writing so we actually right <laughs> have a nonprofit for the Buffalo Soldiers. My dad created the Buffalo Soldiers Motorcycle Club of Arizona as well as America. And so I have a 501c3 for that. So we go around to schools in Phoenix with a traveling museum. There's a box truck full of authentic right. Civil War, um, Indian War dressed mannequins wow. that are all wow. back, all including Cathay. Right. Um, uh, who was the first black woman who was a, a Buffalo yes. soldier. Yes. I, Williams. I have that series too. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that part of that history, preserving that legacy is very important to me. I just don't find a lot of blacks who know that history. Right. Like I would love to get a, stri- a script about the triple nickel. Uh, like anybody uh, can give me a script about the trickle nickel. I will tri- triple nickel. <laughs> got it. That's terrible. I can't even say it. I would love you because you would be bringing forth a piece of history that most of our youth don't even know about. Right. You know, we know a little bit about the Buffalo Soldiers from the Spike Lee film, but like, for instance, I was fortunate enough in 2009 to take the remains of Isaiah Mays from Phoenix to Arlington. Wow. Okay, Isaiah Mays was wow. a Medal of Honor recipient. Mm-hmm. His pay wagon was attacked and robbed. They were set up by their white commander. 
he took two bullets, one in the hip, one in the leg, and he crawled and walked several miles to tell them what happened. And he was awarded the Medal of Honor for his effort. He did about 20 years. When he got out, his white captain fucked up his paperwork and made it seem like he was never in. Mm -hmm. That man died a homeless invalid and was buried around 1920 in an unmarked grave behind the Arizona State um, Hospital out here. My dad worked with a nonprofit called the Missing in America Project. They Mm -hmm. got custody of that man's remains. They cremated him, and we took him on motorcycle all the way from Arizona to Arlington around, I would say, April or May of 2009. The Buffalo Soldiers, motorcycles, taking his brother back to Arlington. Woo! got got a movie? Yes, I like that. He got him re-interned with full military honors. And when I tell you that man was there, I don't cry. As I was walking into the church, it started raining. It didn't rain all day. It was just pouring down rain, and all of a sudden, this emotion came over me. That man was there. Like, I love it. He was so thankful that we gave a fuck. Wow. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Like, we need to start giving a fuck. We have so much history here that just gets buried by all this bullshit. And this, it takes us right back to what I started about why it's so important that we have representation exactly. so that we can tell our stories with our voice. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. I love it. No, well, I'm just letting no. you know. Yeah. I'm taking notes. Hold on. Yes. I'm just so letting you know. <laughs> Triple nickel. I need it. Triple nickel. Yes. <laughs> Y'all heard it now. Y'all heard it. I'm just letting you know, you know, just for the sake of an argument, I, I have a Black Wall Street script that gets me in every door in Hollywood. <laughs> We're currently writing a series with, uh, for Morgan Freeman's company about Bass Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm doing an Emmett Till limited, limited, limited series um, on Emmett Till, and we're doing a, uh, we already wrote um, a series about Kathy Williams, who we know, the first female Buffalo soldier, right. but it's an anthology series about all the millionaires back then. So we're out there, girl, trust me. Yes. We out there. <laughs> but that triple, woo, that's going to be the I'm telling shit. you, I'm telling you. Somebody yeah. write that movie, I want to see yeah. it. I'm going to have to uh, talk to you about the, the motorcycle. That's interesting. That's mm-hmm. totally in my alley right there. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's really good. That's really, yeah. really good. All right. That's time. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you just told a whole, you just pitched a whole movie right there. <laughs> Tiana, you just pitched all right there. Got everything. The water. Like, I saw everything. The visual. It's like, dang it. I've had a very interesting life. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> tell me, tell me you have horses. Someone in your family has horses. Tell me. I, do, I don't. Okay. So here's the thing. I was so mad. We were going to get one. A lady was going to gift one to us. Mm-hmm. And then my dad called our friend who had, he has an equine therapy ranch down right. the street. And he was right. like, hey, John, this lady, her daughter doesn't want this horse anymore. You want to come get it? He gave away my horse. Oh. Girl, I was trying to put that horse in the backyard. Oh. I was like, it's going right out here in the triangle. Oh. Like, I'm about to have butterscotch. All right. I'm about to have butterscotch. Have butterscotch. Black cowboys. <laughs> I'm Black cowboys. <laughs> oh man! She's at Robinson Ranch. It's an equine therapy ranch, a nonprofit. John's a great guy. He does a lot for the autistic community, you know, to help I them. Look that up. I have to look that up. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Well, thank you, Tiana. Thank you for hanging with us for a good yes. hour here. I know you got a lot of shit going on. Right. So, um, um, if people want to submit to you, what can they do to submit to you? So we're going to end up putting everything electronically online to save my inbox. So <laughs> you can visit thejacksonagency.com. Okay. And are you on uh, Twitter or Instagram? Can people follow you? Yes. Twitter is uh, TJ Agency. Mm-hmm. 
And Instagram is Jackson Agency. TJS. All right. Lisa, I'm going to, Chris, where are you at? I'm at uh, unauthorized CBD at, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And you can reach me directly on the Screenwriters Rant Room um, a website at uh, screenwritersrr.com. Go mm-hmm. to contact and fill out the information and you, and you can, you know, we, you don't have to reach me, but you can reach me, me or Hilliard or Lisa that way. Mm-hmm. But that's how people can reach it. That's and, I'm, and I'm over at uh, What Fresh Hell Is This over on, on Twitter. And um, of course, everybody knows I love anything to do with black people on our history in the black West. And I just posted up a picture. I just want to specify this on here. Cause some people like be it, like, like it. Uh, no, it's a photo I posted up of a sister that was in Oakland that came with her horse mm-hmm. and rode it with her black lives matter on the back of the horse. Her horse's name was Dapper Dan. <laughs> and, and it's, the, and if you look on my Twitter feed, it's the, it's, the, it's such an iconic photo. And I found it on a news article. Mm-hmm. Um, she was protesting on Friday up in Oakland and some people took pictures of it, and she literally has like, her horse, she's got her locks, and her and Dapper Dan are doing the damn nice. thing. And there were some people who were like, because I know, like, people act like they don't know that I know. Like, I've been protesting and doing this for a long time. So I know the idea of when we post things in people's faces and people worried about people being faced, you know, their faces mm-hmm. used to find out who they are and stuff like that. The photo, original photo was in a news article. Mm-hmm. and where the person gave their name and the name of their horse. Because I don't think anybody would show up <laughs> with their horse and Black Lives Matter and not tell people who their name are if someone's in a newspaper is going to give their photo up there. So I just want to let people know who are worried about, but you're showing the people protesters' faces. Bitch, she riding a horse. If you ain't got no mask on, you, you ain't talking and, about and, the And the horse's her. name is Dapper Dan, and nobody going to know what the horse's name unless she told right. the newspaper people. So I just want to let people know that, that I do understand about when we post things up, you're worried about people being face-claimed and, mm. you know, Taken out later by the cops. But it's iconic. But it's an iconic phone. I po- there's like four of them, but I posted like two of them up, and it's just it, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to print that and frame it because it's one of those iconic mo- those photos where you just see a black woman on her horse, and yeah. I used to say, oh my god, the Yeehaw agenda is coming out and representing, <laughs> and it was like it was such an iconic look for like the Black West and just being there in the middle of all this stuff. So anyway, I just want to put that out there. Go ahead, Chris. Um, I was gonna say, you know, you mentioned, you know, you know, people who have um the masks on mm-hmm. can still get, you know, can still get identified. It's gonna be, yeah. it's, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens now because the last time there was a riot like this, mm-hmm. all this technology about pe- about people getting identified, like, uh, had been created yet. Right. I bet you, I bet you, like, over the next six months. All these rioters are, are gonna have cops showing up. It's just you know, like in like a week from now. Hey, right. here's you stealing shit. Right, right, Where's right, that right. TV you took from Target? Where's that? <laughs> where's that Mac you took? I mean, it's gonna happen. Right. It, people aren't you know the, the mask ain't saving you from getting identified. That's and, and being, yeah, and being, so. a, and being a celebrity out there and saving you because John Cusack, they was beating up his bicycle. You see, John Cusack <laughs> <Yeah>. was. <laughs> Okay, so about that, because I did a a bunch of stuff before I moved. I I did the community emergency response team, which is the fire department's special call-out team for when there's a disaster. But I also am a graduate of the LAPD's Community Police Academy, where I got to see why they're the murderers that they are. If you guys are going to go out and protest, you need to follow the Electronic Frontier Foundation, and you need to be installing something that has encryption, such as Signal, some people enjoy WhatsApp, yada, yada, yada. 
Right. You have to understand that there is data collection that's happening at all times, including when the meter maid rides around capturing license plates. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you may think people don't know where you are, but they inadvertently know where you are because they're capturing all these license plates and locations all day. So if you're going to be an activist, you're going to have to get smarter about how you protect your data. And then, yes, you are right. They don't go by your nose and your mouth to do photo and facial recognition. They go by the distance between your eye sockets because apparently somehow that is extremely unique to each and every person. It is. It is. So I would say don't just be out there reckless if you really about that life. Take some time to really research the tools that are out there for you because there is a facility, I believe, in Norwalk, um, according to a thing I went to for the Electronic Frontier Foundation and the uh, National Lawyers Guild, they've got a building that collects all the data. It's um, basically unguarded, has no name on it, but it exists to transfer all of that data that LA grabs all day on us, mm-hmm. cell phone stuff, license plates, red light photos, all of that gets transferred there. And it's basically accessed by the federal <laughs> government so the FBI can do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. Right. So there's a guy who runs around and you think he's crazy, but he literally at the police commissioner meetings will just stand up and just be like, stop LAPD spying. Stop it. Fuck you. And you're like, what's wrong with this guy? Then you look into it and you see what's going on right. and the way they're, they're capturing data and aggregating things. Think about it. Facebook. There's no way Facebook got all this money from just little $5 hats. Right. Right. Facebook has the best photo facial recognition I have ever encountered. It picked me out in a car in like darkness the photo was grainy as hell and it was like tiana is this you think about all the things that facebook is doing they are funded by the deal i guarantee yeah by the government they're not just out here making money off of all of us having there's no way to make that think about it right every country's government (laughs) is paying facebook every country's government (laughs) yeah getting so much data how do you think? Uh, what's that girl's name? Aung San Suu Kyi, like, like, you know, like, like, where's she from again? Uh, uh, Burma, Burma. All those people who are like, um, in the Rohingya group, they're getting killed because you know, based on the Facebook. I mean, Facebook is cutting money from every. What are those things called? Sovereign wealth funds are funding Facebook. That's what it is. Because it's got it's too much money. You know, mm. I mean, I mean, I honestly, I think he, he misreports what that company's worth. I bet you that company is, is worth a trillion dollars. He's just, but, but, but he, but he don't want any scrutiny to that degree. All right. You know, right. it's crazy. Crazy. Anyway, well, thank y'all. We appreciate it. <clears throat> I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Play, Spotify, whatever you guys listen to. Follow us, listen to us, share it, all that shit. And they could, what else, Chris? They can uh, support the, the Patreon page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you can get to that on our website, screenwritersrr.com. There's multiple ways to support by just going to that homepage. There's maybe two different links there. You know, there's the about page tells us about it. It's on the main page. There's also on the main pages is is diversity is diversity represents the thing that uh, Gia Thompson uh, Gia Thomas 
Diverse uh, representation. Diverse representation. Yeah. So, you know, there's, 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 there's a wealth of resources to help you as a writer. Yep. On screenwriters, uh, screenwritersr.com. I mean, look, I mean, look, I'll start posting some of these things about like how to format your script and some of these, and <laughs> some of these, these YouTube things to teach you how to be, to, to, to improve your writing game. Cause it's yeah. not that difficult if you choose to focus on it. For sure. Um, yeah, the, yeah, there you go. It's repetition, hey. repetition. Repetition, but, repetition, repetition. Look, my first year I started writing, I read over 1,200 scripts. How bad do you want it? That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. All right? <clears throat> it's real. This is real shit. And this is something I always tell everybody. You're up against me and everybody else who thinks like that. Yeah. You feel me? So you got to turn your – you reading three scripts a year. You ain't trying nothing. No, you not <laughs> trying at all. You ain't even drunk. You sound like Billy Ray right now. That was like the funniest lecture I've ever encountered. He, when I was, I was at the producers program at UCLA and he came in to speak one night and he literally just started off with like, none of you will be better than me. I write all day, every day, blah, 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 blah. Y'all ain't shit. And we're just like, Oh my God. (laughs) I don't take it that far. We both know Billy. Billy, Billy's like that. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm I'm telling you right now, Billy is one of the, like he's someone who I turn to all the time to ask about advice and stuff like that. Yep. And, I, and I tell this story all the time about the first time I was, I was really hanging out with him. He was uh, um, doing that movie called Captain Phillips and he had 12 bound drafts of that movie. <laughs> bound. Yeah. I mean, I'm just ones that were printed out and put the brads on it, you know? And I, I was like, okay, so, I mean, and to get to the point that you're printing it out is maybe like, you know, how, like how many passes are you going through before you feel like you want to print it out? Four or five. So it's like, I mean, I mean, like he, well, he, like his favorite phrase is this phrase from um, the Last Tycoon, the book. It's in is in the show too. It, it, he's like, you know, um, it's it's about like talent and hard work. Like he will outwork anybody, you know. And he's not someone who, like like I mean, he works smart too, mm-hmm. but he knows that, that you know that it's like, look, it's not really about the talent. You know, like the talent can get you only so far. It's being able to write consistently every day and to learn like more. And, and you'll learn more and more about the craft every day. See, the thing that, that like, I've talked to a couple of people who've been through, like, the screenwriting program and stuff like that, and they feel that that kind of, like, academic, that, that academic education is enough. And then I'm like, no, like, the scripts you'll read, there's going to be somebody who's done something in a movie. In, in some script, TV or movie that has been made, yep. that is some little like trick on the page that solves something really cool that you can use, and it's unorthodox as hell. Agreed. But you, realize, but you have to realize that if it's a movie that's been made or a show that's been made, and that is in there, that means like fifty people who could have said no have read it and thought, "Oh, that's cool," and, yep. and then let it go. You mm-hmm. know, because it's like, "Oh, well, that makes more sense." You know. For sure. So, anyway. True. Well, thank you guys. We appreciate you again, Tiana Jackson at the Jackson Agency. Y'all, I see you, girl. Um, thank you again. We appreciate having you. <clears throat> Everybody joining me, you guys know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2020. 2020. Peace, y'all. Ciao. Welcome to the Red Room.
well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.